Welcome to Opine Nation. I'm Lehman, and Linz isn't here right now, and we're here to tackle life's tough and humorous topics. We're not experts, but we have experiences and opinions galore. So this is a little different uh, than we usually start our podcasts. Um, so we recorded our podcast like we always do uh, on the previous Thursday night. And the first half hour of the podcast, um, I was using my work phone with an adapter and it just did not come out good. Um, but we switched to my work phone and the hour and a half ish on my work phone came out phenomenal. So I just wanted to give you a heads up, um, that we had to change things a little bit. Lost that first 30 minutes, not great quality. You're not going to want to hear it. But the last hour and a half is pretty awesome. So that's why you're getting this just me doing the opening and letting you guys know what's going on. Uh, so enjoy the hour and a half podcast with our special guest. And we're going to keep opining and look forward to you guys listening in the future. All right. So uh, we had a bit of technical difficulty. Um, nope. Yep. Sorry about that. Uh, I had bought an adapter for my personal phone so I could, because it's a newer phone, it didn't have a headphone jack, so I could use my personal phone. The adapter failed, so now we're on my work phone. <laughs> That's how I was telling Chris. I was like, I was like, I never call his private number. <laughs> yeah. We always, we always do this on a different number. <laughs> yeah, well, I should have. Uh, I guess, I, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the motto for tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. There we go. Oh, you too. That's pretty good. good. That's pretty good. Uh, so Chris always has something to say. He does. He does. So oh, like some, you... some bullshit cliche. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. So um, before okay, so... everything failed. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so where were we? Chris when and I failed? were, well, Chris and I were talking about like defining what assertive means and yep. how it's not always um, a, a positive quality to have in someone who identifies as she or someone who's perceived as she, her, or as female. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. We're talking about like masculine versus feminine traits. Sure. Sure. Right. And in, in and this then, case, assertiveness is a masculine trait. Yeah. Yeah. Agreeable. Yeah. Okay. And I think I've heard that, I've heard that my whole life, right? Like I, I'm opinionated. I have things to say, um, in the Midwest and in a conservative family, it's very much like, you need to tone it down because how else will you find a husband and like make him happy? Which oh. by the way, I didn't buy into. <laughs> hmm. um, but the message was still there of like, Oh, I'm too much because, because that's a male like quality okay. and nobody wants, nobody wants a sweet, innocent, nice girl to be, rough or aggressive or have some sharp edges okay and aka i, I can have a mind of my own and i think part of that is because society conflates 
masculine and feminine traits. And I was actually, I was just listening to a podcast not too long ago and uh, the uh, researcher uh, described it as masculine and feminine coded traits, which I thought was, oh, which I was like, oh, that's like a way better way of describing it because yeah, because it sort of like says these traits have been coded as masculine or coded as feminine by whatever, 5,000, 10,000 years of civilization. Um, so currently society conflates these masculine feminine traits as being male, like engendered male, engendered mm-hmm. female traits, rather than just character traits. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's where, when you think about toxic masculinity um, or whatever you want to call it, even like toxic femininity at uh, yeah. the same time, um, where that starts to show up is when people attrib- uh, attribute the uh, character traits as what defines man, defines woman. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. Co- what was it? Coded? Like coded, like masculine coded. Coded, or masculine, coded, masculine. coded like we've yeah. decided it fits only in the box. Right. Right, which we all know now that there is not like one or the other. And when you look at Western society, especially um, for a couple thousand years now, right? it's been a patriarchal driven society, which then puts masculine traits, which are masculine coded traits, um, or male traits at the top of the pyramid. And then everything else is defined based off of that. And it's just right. reinforced culturally through all of society from generation to generation to generation over you know, 2,000 years. Right. Hmm. Which then they take as truth and the way things should be and always are. Right. As opposed right. to the way we've constructed them. And then right. that is that is changeable. Um, I think society says it's not changeable, right? Right. Yes, that, yes, that's yes. what I mean. But it is. Yep. But it actually is. We can make change. It's slow. But we can make change. Hmm. Yeah, because like healthy, when you think about them as character traits rather than gender traits, then you recognize that Oh, all of these traits, they're, they're not good or they're not bad, right? They just are. Yeah. And they all serve a purpose and they all serve a role in leading a balanced, healthy life in all phases of life. Right. And sometimes you need to be aggressive. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need to be dominant. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be nurturing. Sometimes you need to be supportive. Right. And that goes for anybody. Yes. Humans. Those are human, human. traits. 
toxic toxic masculinity though is like specifically i remember talking about it and learning about it a little bit in relation to like um young you know young kids like high school aged kids and in a way it explaining or at least theorizing why they behave in certain ways particularly males and why that passes down from generation to generation but what what i also remember Mm -hmm. go ahead i was gonna say but there's a strong possibility that toxic masculinity doesn't exist just like toxic femininity doesn't exist Mm. so so here's my argument why why yeah i was gonna say why why do you say that or actually well here's the point that can be argued (laughs) which i fully expect so please opine yeah (laughs) um so toxic masculinity um, essentially boils down to a bad man. If that's the easiest way to explain it. The reason, the reason I say to, what if toxic masculinity doesn't exist? Yes, there are bad men, but if we take a, a more higher view, it's actually just a bad human. So there are a lot of bad humans that are female. There are a lot of bad humans that are male. And I agree. I don't disagree with you. And I, I do agree when you look at our country currently, uh, the power structure is run by a few white old men. Um, and that, that power structure of a few white old men has been going on since what? 1776 when we became a country. Um, so, you know, um, but also my argument with toxic masculinity, if it wasn't for toxic males, we'd all be speaking German right now, but I believe, Um, I believe it's bad humans. I don't believe it's bad men or bad women. That's, and I actually, I won't say offensive, but toxic masculinity is an annoying term to me now um i used to believe in toxic masculinity because i you know i was ashamed of being a white male and then when i started to learn like oh actually i can just be a good person i don't have to let like my gender like define me so i think you touch on uh, a few a few points there Mm -hmm. um uh, look at me using your words. A few points. Um, <laughs> uh, one is, I I would caution against one. So maybe maybe it comes down to like thinking about what what is the definition of toxic masculinity that we're talking about. Right. So toxic masculinity to frame up my my definition, how I choose to define it, is exhibiting these masculine coded traits like to the nth degree to try and essentially overcompensate to live to some sort of societal ideal of what a man's man is. 
and that underlying behavior or drives behavior that then begets violence, um, you know, strong aggression, sexual assault, yeah, sexual assault, bullying, um, things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. And those are like the extreme cases, right? Um, there's also like the ramp up to that, which are all symptoms of that sort of like drive to be overly masculine, which is again, sort of conflated with being a male because society says you need to act this way. And then yeah, where so the behavior is, quote unquote man up. Oh yeah. Like I, it was funny. Actually, I, I wrote down like a whole bunch of them, right? Like, thinking about so like where do we learn this sort of behavior is meant right i'm sure jason like you and i could come up with 300 phrases each that we both used in our own minds yeah and that we've had directed at us at our own minds right yeah you throw like a girl quit crying before i give you something to cry about oh, i can't I'm... hear you through all your tears right that's so gay that's small dick energy man up right I'm going to beat the shit out of you for whatever. Right. Um, like I, I think like all of those are just like these things that reinforce these engendered norms that society says you need to act a certain way to be a man. Um, so then when pushed back on that, when confronted with, so I as an individual, if I have all this society pressure on me to say, I need to, hold myself to this standard to be a man, but I'm not living up to that standard for whatever reason, right? Maybe I'm not the breadwinner in my family, right? Maybe my partner earns more than I do. Um, maybe I don't have the nice car. Maybe I'm not super athletic. Maybe I'm not, uh, you know, the, the sexual conqueror, right? Like I'm not a playboy. Um, but like society tells me, like, these are all things I need to be. It to could be even be something really simple. Like maybe I don't like sports. Yeah. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe I don't watch sports ball and yeah, maybe like competition, I, I, right. Right. Yeah. Um, so now I feel shame mm -hmm. because I'm not living up to the standard that is set for me. So therefore, because I'm ashamed, now I'm going to lash out and act Well, to, to like try and overcompensate and come through that shame. But first, there's also, we also repress, right? So if you're being told through society or your family or, or both, like you're, you're not a man enough in whatever way, there's, you like go into your little cave bubble and that, and you know, these young kids can develop like depression, increased stress. Some studies link it to substance abuse. Some studies link it to, um, and then, and then, so after that depression, then, then the lashing out can happen. Like then the violence hits too, but there's underlying psychological issues there that, right. that we yeah. don't deal with in our society. That we should, and that as a man, you're not even allowed to talk about, right? <laughs> right. Like as a man, you're not even, right. Yeah. 
you know, I, I also think about your comment too about, um, you know, if, if it weren't for toxic masculinity, we wouldn't have won World War II. Um, I, I think I see the point of, you know, trying to be like, we needed aggression and strength and prowess and all of those like sort of ramped up to the nth degree classic male or classic masculine traits to be able to do that work. And I think the problem with that outlook is that one, I don't think that's necessarily toxic masculinity, right? Those are just masculine traits. Right. But um, in, in today's society, and, and unfortunately I've, I have experienced it directly. Um, I'm okay with who I am, you know? Um, yes, I have masculine traits and I will say too, um, and it, it throws back to Lynn's. Um, there's been a number of times where I've had to tell myself in my head, I need to man up when I'm doing yoga with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chris saying that kind of brought me back to that space. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially when I'm bending over the chair and really uncomfortable. I know I was telling myself to man up and quit being, you know, like, <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no. Okay. So, Next so, I would so be more clear. So, so here's, here's the question about that though, mm -hmm. right? Is like, th this is what I think we all need to be asking ourselves. And, and I would say like, this is about any ism out there, right? Ableism, racism, ageism, mm -hmm. sexism, like all of them mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, we have to ask ourselves, so why, like, why do you feel the need to say, I need to man up, right? Like, where, where does that expression come from? Oh, it's, it's, when... enco it's encoded. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that's right. just where it is. It's, it's encoded, uh, in me. I, I don't know if it's encoded in you. I don't want to assume that. Um, it's 100% encoded in me. Yeah. Like I it's, mean, just... Yeah. And to throw the, um, the female perspective on this, it's encoded in me. Mm -hmm. It is not something that I'm teaching my child. Right. And and I I haven't figured out figured out how I'm going to handle it when he gets that message from an outside source, like at school. Because mm. that doesn't happen just at home. That happens everywhere. That happens on every, the um, TV. Mm -hmm. That happens on the it's same every TV. TV show. It's music. It's it's... Commercials. It's the way toys yeah. are designed and, and advertised for gender. It's all of it. And I'm not trying to keep him in a bubble. But I want him to know that there is no standard for which Yoshi and I are judging him on other than the fact that he is a good and kind and empathetic person and that's why which are, which are all like traditionally feminine traits right uh, yeah like sure empathy sympathy nurturing mm. caring vulnerable yeah but it's also why um, it took me until i was when how old did i was i when we got married it, i was 34 years old 33 years old it, it's it's a big reason why I never even wanted to get married. But, but, but then I met someone who didn't have, who didn't have those qualities of that man up attitude. Mm 
right? I found someone who like was nurturing and caring and kind and empathetic. And it didn't matter to me what gender they were, but it so happens that he is male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when we come back to like that idea of like, Oh, I need to man up, you know, I need to, you know, I need to nut up. Right. Which I <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I've never used that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's because we feel like we have these expectations that are encoded in us yeah. that we feel compelled to act in a way that upholds these norms, right? Rather than just saying, can I be vulnerable in my discomfort that I'm mm-hmm. facing right now? That can be physical discomfort, that can be emotional, that can be psychological discomfort, whatever it is. Um, but like that knee-jerk reaction is that hard-coded sort of super male and gendered energy that says, nope, I need to be a man. I'm, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Um, Chris, this sprung now, into the way we parent. I know you don't have kids. Yeah. No, but you Jason, and I talk about this all the time. Jason and I both do. Yeah. And we made a comment about like me working for the government and like <laughs> I needed, you know, like do a better job. <laughs> but I think I I can to some degree every kiddo that I work with might hear a a softer, kinder, gentler message from me than they might have heard before. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not overtly out there like, it's okay to have all your feelings. <laughs> but I'm but I'm also, like, very nurturing in the fact that, like, if you're having some feelings, let's deal with the feelings. Let's, like, all right, let's talk about them. What's going on? You know, like, let's dive in. I think, like, one of the most, you know, all, like, we've, over three years, I can't count the time that we spent together. Like I can't even quantify it. Um, I don't know if you could add that up. (laughs) (laughs) With, um, you know, I spent so much time with you and with Forrest and, you know, we've gone on adventures and play dates in the yard and wherever. And, uh, you know, sometimes like he, he hurts himself, right? We all hurt ourselves. I can't get out of the bed without being like, oh my God, I'm 40. The fuck happened. Um, <laughs> but what's amazing to me is like I, I'm always blown away with you know when he's when he's crying when he's upset. You're like, yeah, that was scary, wasn't it? Or tell me how you feel. Yeah, it's okay to feel that way, right? It's like these empowering phrases that you have that reinforce his experience through his emotions for this tiny human being who doesn't have nearly Language. the vocabulary to be able to explain it. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I feel like I only just found this vocabulary and this language in my, in my own body, in my own mind, in my own heart, like maybe four years ago. Like this is like a recent development for me. Um, yeah. Oh, and I had to learn it. I learned it the hard way too. I wasn't, those weren't, uh, those weren't phrases that were being said to me as a child. You know, yeah, yeah, that, tell me how you feel. Oh, I, I bet that was scarier. That looked like it really hurt. 
um, or, or whatever. I'm, of course you're angry. Anyone would be, yes, be, let's be angry. You know, whatever the feeling is. Um, I was told, I was told to suck it up. And I, and I chose, and I chose differently to raise my child. And I choose differently when I teach, when I, when any, I teach, I treat the kids the same way, you know, the students I'm working with. And I, I hope that comes through even when I'm as a yoga teacher, right? Like all we're doing is holding space as parents, as an educator, as a yoga instructor, instructor, I'm holding space for people to have their own (laughs) experience and to like be with it and maybe give them some tools or some language at the very minimum on like how to, how to have those, how to be there with it instead of shove it, shove it down, hide it away, don't deal with it, get over yourself. Because where did that lead us? It led us to 45. That's where. (laughs) You're welcome. 100%. Oh, Um, come on. You know, and it's it's, it's actually interesting. Uh, So it's, 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 interesting that that you went there um so this podcast <laughs> i was listening to um you know they they talked a little bit about uh that person and uh <laughs> um and so so like shame is, is a very real part of this right um of of where toxic masculinity comes from. So I, I do want to, before I get there, I, I want to cycle back around to like this idea too, just to be clear that like, like violence or this extreme aggression or this toxicity, right? It, it doesn't emanate from the fact that masculinity itself, like it, it's not the nature of masculinity itself, right? Um, it's, it comes from those social, political um, settings and environments that create these conflicts around these expectations and entitlement. Right? Yes, it's an internal conflict that we as adolescents, which is what we do as adolescents, is we figure out where we fit in. And that is heavily well, it, based it, on it starts what at, we've heard. As, as a toddler, right? Yes, it's I mean, based it, on what we've heard. What we saw, what we, yep, absolutely. And one way that society in general through societal norms that we have to like try and keep some of these behaviors in check is through shame, right? Mm-hmm. Shame can be very useful. It can be very illuminating. Like like anything, like masculinity, when you weaponize it, then it becomes like very harmful and you sort of like get the severe sort of backlash effect. Um so when you talk about the person who shall not to be named, um, one reason why I think we see a lot of rise in aggression is because he's shame proof. He cannot be shamed into falling back into societal norms. Right? Um, so because he, and he doesn't, he's not just shame proof, right? I mean, he just, he'll just turn it right back and just like completely fight back and yeah. weaponize the, like a, an attack the people who are trying to shame him. Um, 
so what that does is now that emboldens all of those supporters and all those people to be like, if that person doesn't feel shame, then I'm not going to feel shame. So F you all, I'm out, I'm out there, right? I'm, I'm going to go be this person. I'm going to go behave in this manner because now I have somebody I can look up to who says, I don't need to be ashamed by this behavior anymore. It makes me sad. I'm, oh, I'm going to puke saying these words. I'm, I have a really hard time being empathetic with the person who shall not be named. I, but I do think that I think that the people who lash out the most are the ones that are hurting the most inside. And for that, I feel sad for him. Because I think that as ugly as he is to everyone else, it has got to be a miserable experience to be inside his head for him every single day. Yeah. Which is like the powerful thing about empathy, right? Um, Empathy, you've got um, cognitive empathy, compassionate empathy, and emotional empathy, right? Three different lenses through which to be empathetic on. And being empathetic towards the other person doesn't, it, it allows you to see humanity, right? It allows you to see humanity there, allows for understanding, but that, yeah, that's not and the I same think thing. cognitively, it's, it's not the, I get it. Right? Like, I can see it, that. It's not the same thing as excusing or justifying or not being held accountable either. Right? You right. can still be empathetic. Like, and, you know, that's one of the things that I talk a lot about in, you know, when we talk about yoga and yoga teachings in my classes. Uh, when I was going into the jails, when I was, you know, talking with the kids, it's like talking about empathy and how important that role of empathy is and not losing one, our humanity and not losing the, the humanity in the other person. Yeah. Now, what if, what if number 45 and I, I only do that because I respect both of you. I, I do not have a problem <laughs> saying his name. What if he's just a bad human being and doesn't deserve your empathy? Because as soon as that happens... Then we then, stoop to his level. Then we stoop to that level and we shut off a part of our own humanity yep. by not recognizing the humanity in the other person. Yep. Right? So, so there's not... And this is... Oh man, this is going to, uh, I already hate myself for saying this, right? <laughs> There's not bad people, right? There's bad behavior, right? And you have to understand where the behavior comes from and how it's encoded in the way that the internal processes of that person work. Hmm. Right? And those well, internal right. processes are, are formed through a lifetime of probably pretty horrific living situation. Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you just have bad wiring in your head. 
Um, well, sure, but then we're talking about a mental health a mental health issue that hasn't been addressed. Yep. Which, which makes a lot of sense because we don't deal with mental health in our country. Which, which then again, like, it, so that's like part of like I'm trying to like understand the behavior and the genesis of the behavior versus okay. the saying just blanket statement the person is a bad person. A person can do bad, horrific things, but you can't like shut off that humanity. Yeah. Um, and I think it's easy to shut off the humanity when a person has done uh, injustices repeatedly to you or your loved ones or people you care about or other humans and you happen to care about humans. So it's, it's, it's easy natural. to shut it off and be like, oh, you're just a shitty human being. And we also, but, like, we, we, we have a culture and a society which is very much uh, an either-or society. Hmm. This is not right. a society which is a both-and society. Right. Well, we see that over and over again. When, and Lena and I talked about that when we talked about gender back in season one. Yeah, gender was fun. You know, yeah, gender was fun. I got some backlash, which was weird. Um, I think that's like one of the only episodes I haven't listened to because I feel like Lindsay and I have talked about that. Oh, uh, it was more of like a education for me. Hundreds of hours because I was like, yeah. I don't like, I don't understand. Um, so she educated me. Also, not assertively, for the record, <laughs> it was very gentle. It, it was. Um, <laughs> But I want to talk about, so one, I think it's amazing that you two were able to talk about 45 when I know you didn't want to and give some justifications, uh, not justifications, but like insight to why that person may be the way they are and why they may deserve empathy and things like that. I'm glad you're not giving sympathy though. No. Um, <laughs> but... So I, as just who I, I am. still, for the record, mm -hmm. his behaviors are inexcusable. Yeah. I am not giving an excuse. No, no, no. I And it has taken me a long time to even be able to say something like, I could understand, like Chris is saying, uh, cognitively, I can understand where the genesis is, where this is coming from, how this all started. And he's a great example. He's a great example for us. I just... The other great examples would be some of the kids that, that Chris works with yeah. in, the, in the juvenile detention center here. I just believe that number 45 is a product of his environment from a bad human being. And then that bad human being is a product of their environment from another bad human being. So if you go all the way back in history, like that line of people were all bad human beings. And that's just how I feel so about I would, them. I, I, would, I would consistently challenge you to say they're not bad human beings, right? They were encoded with bad behavioral patterns. It, it's a very subtle difference. Well, then let me ask, um, let me, let me ask about some, some other people. So what would you say about... You know, and I, I made the joke, but what would you say about like a Hitler, a Stalin, 
a Mao, like responsible for millions and millions of deaths. I, I, I think don't... it's the same thing on yeah. a much grander scale. Yeah. See, that's where, um, that's where I disagree. Like they are the worst of humanity. Like not just behaviors, like they are just the, you know, so that's, that's, that's how I see them. Like they're bad human beings. Much, much like why I'm saying I don't believe in male toxicity. I believe in bad human beings. So, you know, that's just. I'm not in, my silence is not an indicator of shock. My silence is, is me pondering how I can understand you saying that. Mm. Like me trying to like be like in your mind and be like, okay from here to here to here but also i'm thinking i i don't think like chris or i could like change your mind on this no no but i but i do believe people can change but i do believe there are bad human beings that can't change like i i do believe that and... the, the the kids that chris works with in the juvenile system they just need change like they're not going to be what society is defining them currently. They just need opportunities, change, like whatever that could be for them. And one day, hey, every, I mean, I won't say everything is great one day, but one day they're a different person that isn't, you know, don't let what you did as a 13 year old define you when you're 35. Um, so I believe humans can change, but I do believe that are bad. There are bad humans that will never change. Um, and I think number forty-five is a perfect example of that. Like the person he is today is the same person that he was in nineteen eighty-five. Like ripping, oh, I don't ripping think off. he's going to change yeah. either. Yeah, I don't, yeah, there, yeah. He has no reason to change his behavior. His behavior is working. <laughs> well, yeah. he he will only change. People will only change. If they want to. If if their behavior stops working. Yeah. If if there's incentive so it's it's like an incentive thing. Oh so yeah. I, 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 I I don't want to dumb like I I'm always like super aware of not casting like broad characterizations, right? Especially when you're talking about like behavioral health. Right. Which when None of us when are behavioral so health. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> behavioral health when that runs smack dab into patriarchal societal norms and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's a recipe for these things happening, right? Um, that's a recipe for for these people to rise up, gain enormous amounts of power, and do awful, horrific acts. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, one one thousand um, percent. But the but there does need to be some incentive to change, and then that incentive has to be greater than the reward for continuing the behavior. Yes. Um, and what and and there is no there is no magic wand that says oh like there there's no like equation which says. Oh, this is what your life has been. The thing. This is what. This is what we need to entice you with. 
right? It's it's very unique to every single situation and doesn't necessarily always work. Um, I was just reading today, uh, reading is a strong word. I was uh, sort of (laughs) skimming through um, uh, some some information today around, you can tell I'm skimming because I don't remember quite where it is. I want to say maybe it was in Philadelphia, around Philadelphia. Um, There's a study by this group that wanted to go into these areas where guns were just so prolific out on the streets, kids shooting down kids, gangs, the whole bit, right? All of, all of that sort of stuff. So they went into these neighborhoods and were essentially like, what would be the cash incentive to like, if, if you were to have a job, what, what would you have to be paid to make you want to put down, like turn in your gun, leave, leave the game and go to work. Right. So like, they're just trying to do like the sociological study on, on that incentive to change behavior and change um, community. There's no way, there's no way that it's simply monetary value though. There is, there is a, Oh yeah. yeah. A lot of adrenaline and other dopamine chemicals in their system when they're wielding their power that a job is not going to give them what a job will do right is give them agency give them control give them a sense of purpose which is exactly what the gang life is giving them Hmm. right but that's like a long term that's like long that's like long game that's not like short and immediate what's the short and immediate reward well so where i was going with this right is that so the, the dollar amount ended up being a job that paid $12 an hour. Hmm. Okay. $12 an hour. Right? So when you think about, you know, you need to find an incentive to help inspire the change in behavior. Sometimes it's not that much. Yeah. Right? Okay. And once you like peel, once you peel back the onion on that, it, it starts being like, yeah, it's not just $12 an hour in their pocket. It's, oh, now they're earning money. Now they can put yeah. food on their table. Now there's mm-hmm. some sense of security. Now there's a sense of purpose. And now all of a sudden I have this sense of value in myself that I didn't have before. Hmm. Right. Which is now more enticing than, than that. So after some period of years, they saw a 33% decrease in gun violence in that town, in that neighborhood. Wow. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, um, I think an excellent point to like the inner city stuff is the trillions of dollars that we've spent on the military industrial complex. Just imagine if we poured all that money into the inner cities instead there would be that incentive for change there. Um, but I mean, for like jobs and fair housing? Jobs, fair housing, or community like programs. Um, behavioral may- health services. Right. Like all, Everything. all of the, hu- yeah. like all the humanity Actual public stuff transportation. Right. Yeah, the things yeah. that we don't take care of. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so let me throw this out there. And I think Linz and I have 
talked about this on another podcast. So I was personally attacked once on social media for liking who I am. Um, it was a simple post. I was having an amazing day with my son, Judah. Um, we were having breakfast together um, at a restaurant, just him and I, and just really enjoyed it. So I took a picture of him eating his bacon and simply said three things about me. Um, what was it? I Oh, I love coffee. I love uh, being, being, a dad. A, being a dad, and I love being a man. Um, and that was just how I felt in that moment. And man, well, and I got attacked for saying that I loved being a man. And that, that, and it was a few years back. I think that was the point, like in my head where I, I kind of went, oh, okay. Uh, and I started to look into like me being okay with me being who I am. And that's where my view on toxic masculinity shifted. Like previous to, to that, I was like, yep, it's a it's a thing. There's horrible guys out there that do horrible things and they're toxic males. But then when I started to look at myself and went, well, hey, I'm actually okay. Like, I like being a man. Um, I do, like, I like a, a lot of aspects about, I guess, the masculine things that would get defined in that. And that's when I started to go, yeah, toxic male stuff is not true. Um, and it, I, like, I felt a sense of shame after that attack on social media because I thought I was a bad man. Like I thought I was a toxic male because of that post. Um, and that it, it still bothers me like now to two to three years later. So what do we do? when you're just proud of being who you are, but then you get attacked for it. So from my perspective, I think it comes, there's a few things that jump immediately to mind. Um, one, I think when I go back to that idea around masculinity in of itself is not toxic or bad. Nope. Yeah. Right. Cause masculine masculine traits they're just character traits yeah everybody has them yep we all exhibit all of these traits yep to varying degrees um and then thinking about it it would be one of those things where like in in a perfect world right it's sort of like hey can we have a conversation around this yeah. Um, yeah. Like Imagine help me that. understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't right? get, I didn't get that. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Outside of being like, yeah, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Block, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the best part, um, the best part about the whole thing, Chris though, is like, I, I was like, I can't, resp- I was like, I don't know how to respond to this. And the amount of people that came out and were like defending me, like he's having breakfast with his kid. Like, <laughs> like he's just happy. Um, and, and, and so where, where I would start with that individual would be, let me actually back up even a step further. I would say to you, like feeling like, you know, we've had a few long conversations, um, and I listened to your podcast. Um, so I feel like I have some insight into a little bit of how your mind works and I would say, like, you're not a bad dude. 
Like you're a good dude. Yeah, yeah. I like know. you. You're, yeah. You're, you're a good human. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all of that. Yeah. Um, but I would, I'd also look at that person and and want to be like, where are you coming from with this, right? Because maybe that person has had some life experience, some, so they're holding on to some definition around what they saw and how they interpret it. Yeah. And that generated some sort of visceral reaction within them. Um, um, yeah. Which well, yeah. then generates a visceral reaction within you. Right? Yeah. Um, all under the guise of being in, I don't know if it's like, I'm, I'm still torn on whether like social media is the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all through a medium where all you're seeing is just words. Yeah. Right. Like no tone, no ability to interact, no human connection, no emotional connection. Right. Which when you're when you're with another human, you know, you don't have to get like all soft and gushy to like still experience a shared emotional connection because you just you experience that by being in the presence with another human being. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like so they could be coming at it with, you know, who knows, maybe they had some significant tragedy in their life, which is like horrific, awful experience. And they perceived that that triggered something within them to immediately jump and respond in such an aggressive way. Um, yeah, I, I think that maybe. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand. And I, I won't throw the person under the bus because um, they're like <laughs> they're a relative. Um, <laughs> but. And it, it, here's the thing. Which makes it even worse, right? Oh, yeah. It makes it so much worse because it's like, hey, you know me. Um, but here's here's what's funny about it is the first time I told that story to Linz, I, I don't know if you remember your words. You're like, Linz was just like, okay, but you identify as a male, so what's the problem? I was like, wow. The, pro <laughs> the problem was their problem yeah the problem was right. they had a problem with yep. your word choice yeah and that's on them yeah so i was like all right so i mean but i keep i keep going on this journey of i don't know i i i and i assume at some point there could be a backlash like i'm okay being a man i'm okay being a man i'm okay with masculine traits that i have but i'm also okay with opening up and changing like i don't know i mean lens has more insight but i think chris you you have the insight i think you nailed it with like the podcast and the times we've talked in a year i'm on a journey to change and a lot of that changing has to do with me understanding typical masculine concepts don't work for me anymore mm -hmm. and probably never did well, you know, I mean, I do like the fact, like, there's things. But that, it doesn't have yeah. to be an either or. It right. can be a both and. Yeah. You can have and, all of those things and also have all of these others. Yeah. And but, that's what society tells us is like to, again, to be, to be a man, you need to exhibit these traits. But I, and only these traits but where i get 
aggravated is also society now is saying if you the flip side hey these are traits to be a male but hey if you have these traits as a male you're bad like you can't have it both ways like no it's the extreme version it's when it's when it's when those character traits become so extreme in their personality that then behaviors start to appear. There's emotional turmoil, turmoil, psychological turmoil, and then there is aggressive, violent behavior that that comes out. It's not saying that the trait itself is bad or that being and, and having a slew of masculine traits is bad. It's saying that when it gets to this point and we haven't done a good job of like teaching all people otherwise that it's okay to have both sides of the same coin, meaning character traits from if we're going to columnize them in both columns, they have to be this one thing. That's a lot of pressure Mm. and nobody fits into a box. Nobody fits into that one box. And if and if they think they do, they're lying to themselves. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's like the weaponization of the most extreme manifestation of these character traits as a way to to uphold the traditional societal norms and values around what it means to be a man. Right. That's what toxic masculinity is. I also it's- think that it can come like you can you can have toxic behavior occasionally and then at other times not not display those same behaviors. Here's an example. When I was in grad school, I worked at a at a um, country club in Albany. And I was a server. And I mean, as you can imagine, I'm sure you're already conjuring up images in your head of what a country club club in Albany looks like. Um, Heavily dominated by white, rich, middle-aged males who would occasionally say and or touch me in unwanted ways. That is toxic behavior. I don't care if you're a male or a female or non-binary or trans. I don't care. That behavior itself is toxic. I don't think that the people themselves, and I'm not labeling the person themselves as a toxic person, but that behavior in that moment is toxic. That's the best example I could come up with. I think you nailed that perfectly. Um, yeah. And I think most, I think most guys have been in that spot, right? Have acted somewhere on that path, right? Myself included, right? So I'm not like, You're not pointing I know what my past at, is. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I live in a very fragile glass house here. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I know what my past is and I know what, you know, where I come from and things that were done and things that were said and behaviors that existed. Um, but I look back now and I'm just like, holy fuck, like what was wrong? Like where, like awful. Um, but you know, we, we, we learn, we grow, we we do better. Show up, they show, toxic behaviors show up differently depending on how we are raised and according to which gender we are raised by. Okay. My toxic behaviors did not show up in sexual aggression toward other humans, verbally or physically. My toxic behavior showed up in the raging bad attitude I had toward any authority figure, including my mother. Also smoking cigarettes. Oh, right. I smoked <laughs> cigarettes at a very young age. <laughs> you know, it was things like that. It was, it was my, it was my rebellion. It was my, you can't tell me what to do. It was me finding my way of not being pigeonholed into this one thing. It was me shaving my head, me keeping my hair short, me playing around with, with what I look like on the outside or how I'm perceived and playing with my personality traits. And so, because I had to figure out that I was more than this one thing that I was being told I needed to be in order to be an acceptable female figure in my family slash society. I think if we just allowed people to, to be what they are, if we, if there was space enough to allow people to be what they are without trying to put them into one or the other slot, we all might be a little more, you know, the transition, the adolescence might, the transition from childhood to adulthood, adulthood might be smoother. Like imagine if we all like were accepted for all parts of us from from a young start. And yeah, I think it goes further than that that. too, right? Like imagine if we were all encouraged to learn the language and the vocabulary to express ourselves, right? Um, Emotionally, intellectually, whatever. Emotional Um, intelligence is like not a trait that, that I see very often in people though for whatever reason maybe we've tamped it down maybe it's like non-existent I don't know but like when you meet an emotionally intelligent person you're like oh wow I still have a lot to learn (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah like I look at my upbringing right I come from a very privileged background upper middle class white Christian based parents both had traditional professional jobs. I went to a private high school, um, pretty much all white, an all white school, an all white town and an all white state. Um, And I grew up in an environment which was 
uh, I think, very, like, traditional patriarchy in a lot of ways. Um, and all of that was, like, reinforced. Um, every step of my development, I, like, as I look back on it now, I see where these, like, different things, like, start to connect unto each other. And, like, where that sort of manifested for me was through a lot of substance use at a very young age. Um, and a lot of... You're going to be the person use. I call when I catch Forrest, like, drinking beer with <laughs> totally. <my> friends. I'll be like, <laughs> um, Chris needs to come up. This is a Chris situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, a lot of substance abuse, frankly, um, for a very big chunk of my life. Um, it's like, that's like what I was surrounded with. Like, um, my parents were both very social. Um, there was a lot of substance use around and, you know, specifically alcohol use. Um, and it was so normal. So it was like, yeah, of course, like this is what you do. Yeah. These are, of course, these are the behaviors that I'm supposed to model. Right. This is what I see when I'm growing up. This is what I see everywhere. And then, you know, as a kid going through his adolescence in the 90s, which was just like a big giant party, um, <laughs> uh, you know, pop culture, everything was just all about the party. It was all about the party. And there was absolutely no reinforcement of like boundaries or responsibility, um, anything. And like, I can see how that really greatly impacted my behavior um, like I said, all the way up definitely through all of my 20s into my 30s and it probably wasn't until the last like five six seven years where I started to realize like oh wait maybe like maybe there's a better way to live where I'm not like such an asshole <laughs> um, the best part about Chris when Chris tells this story is like you and your wife have been together for an eternity. So she watched you uh, grow and develop through all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And how long have you and been classic, together? Uh, almost 20 years. Wow. My, like my whole adulthood, essentially. Right. Like, I, I turned 21. I was kind of seeing this other uh, young lady. And then I was like, oh, hi, I know you. Let's be friends. And then I started seeing Noreen. And then you know, we started dating Thanksgiving of, uh, that was in 2001. We started, like, going steady. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it's funny, right? Because she's been next to me that this entire time going through this complete metamorphosis. And there was some dark, dark days, dark days, um, awful behavior <laughs> on my part, awful, um, terrible things, um, so much substance use, right? Cause like just trying to like dumb, numb down the pain, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. Right? And just trying to like all those very traditional sort of reasons. And, uh, yeah, like, Thankfully, like we got through it. Um, but even still, 
when I think about sort of like traditional male masculine traits that are hard coded. We still don't talk a lot about that stuff to each other. Yeah. Um, like I don't open up about it because I still very much fight this very real, like every single day I fight this very real battle that says feelings belong inside a box, which is shut, locked, you throw away the key. And you put that box right on the top shelf that you can't reach. Um, <laughs> that is where feelings belong. <laughs> I choose to deal with my feelings a little differently. Uh, and sometimes they just come out of my mouth <laughs> or before I even know it's going to happen. Uh, and then sometimes I have to suffer the consequences of that. <laughs> but I can't, Chris, I can't lock them up and keep them. I have to like get rid of them. Like that's my coping strategy is to like send them out. Right. Like I don't want to need, I don't want to feel those. So let me like laugh about uh, like, it for a little while. I'm like, if, if I press those fuckers right down and compress them until they're nothing, then there's nothing to feel. <laughs> right? Which for the record is not healthy. Yeah, no, neither that's is not mine. a good way to be. <laughs> that's not a good way to be. So that's why we practice, right? That's why we work at it. That's why we talk about it. That's why, you know, we, it, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work and energy to reprogram all these systems. Yeah. You know, I'm just thankful that, like, I'm in a place now where you know, when I act out, I just get like super moody and snippy and quiet. And I don't like go blackout drinking with my buddy doing stupid yeah. shit. My driving me all over laughing. creation. <laughs> Sorry. Me laughing yeah. out now isn't as um, hurtful to other people. There's, yeah. there's more space between my immediate emotional response and the things that I say. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying it happens less frequently or there's a delay. <laughs> Before there might not have been a delay. <laughs> I think the best is when you point out when I'm having feelings. I love pointing out when you're having feelings. And I'm just like, bleh. <laughs> because you even like, you even like run away from like, good feeling yeah just all you're of like, it. <laughs> you'll tell me something really like cute about your kids yeah and you're like i don't know what to do with this and i'm like ooh, feeling yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you just send me like the puking emoji oh well wait can we talk about the latest puking emoji really quick or is that still a surprise you were you were. Do- I don't know what you're talking you about. You were doing something for Yoshi while sitting at the computer. Oh, I'm sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were making <laughs> snowflakes to hang on your ceiling for Yoshi. I did. I did make there, our our bedroom mm-hmm. has what I thought was a bajillion snowflakes mm-hmm. turned out to be like thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which. I, I mean, thought you were going to say like eight. Yeah. So 30 yeah. is a good number though. <laughs> I thought good about 30. And it's uh, like, it's super nice and cute of you. 
but also I sent you the puking emoji. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, so our bedroom, Forrest was so pumped about the snow last night. And Yoshi's birthday is, you know, tomorrow and like, he loves Christmas and winter. And um, I just wanted to like make him feel special. So I hung paper snowflakes from our ceiling so that when he got home from work yesterday, Forrest and I got to surprise him with snowflakes. It was quite magical to wake up to snowflakes in our bedroom. That's awesome. It's really cool. Hmm. It's very thoughtful and nice. Don't knock it. Don't knock until you try it. You and Noel would do. Make <laughs> that's, a like that's, that's a nice, healthy behavior. It's good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Um. <laughs> All right. So what I'm gathering from everything is that. Are you summing us up? No, I'm just working through my head. So okay. just just correct me if I'm wrong. Because, um, you know, it's all about learning. So basically, what I said is right, and you guys disagree with me? Is that is that where we are? <laughs> I think that's a, that, that is a great, like, 12-word summary. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just in the mood to poke, uh, like, you know, push buttons. Well, it's funny, Chris, because the other day I called you loquacious and you, you like adamantly deny being, I don't know, loquacious, but you, you are, your language and your oral expression is far more flourished than Lehman and I, Mm. like we are very much like to the point. (laughs) Yes, much. I would say much to my boss's dismay. By the way, okay. <laughs> he's like, "Jesus Christ, will you get to the point?" <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I just uh, my 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 personal sort of work and challenges around like, do I need to explain every conceivable possible nuance of every situation that ever existed? Yes, I do. Dinosaurs to now. (laughs) I think I can do that, and I'm going to give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so wait, you said you're right and we disagree. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you disagree with me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong either. Right. I mean, I'm uh, saying there's there's room for growth in your understanding. (laughs) I mean, I just, and I, I, I think it's important to point out. And in mind, so (laughs) like toxic masculinity, like the phrase, the idea, is offensive. It's only been around for like 20 years or uh, 30 years. Yeah. Um, It's offensive. It's relatively new. Yeah, and I I, so wa- I want to say though it's gained strength in the era of social media. Like if, if you know, because that's because like, everybody can be an expert yeah. in 140 characters or less. True, true. Um, like, like go back to like 1997. 
toxic masculinity wasn't something that was really on my radar. Not unless you were like a professor in sociology. Yeah, it it was in the education world. Yeah, yeah. So now, and I think you nailed it. I mean, I wouldn't know. I was in eighth grade, but (laughs) according to when you think that, like, when you think that, like, the oversimplification and the dumbing down through. Uh, media, I'd say media with small n, media mm-hmm. saturation. Like mm-hmm. there's just so much input. It becomes a very catchy phrase mm. to throw out with losing all the nuance and context that it needs to help understand it mm-hmm. um, and to help like dig into it, right? Which is a a byproduct of the information age that we live in well yes i can access all of humanity's knowledge on this little device that's sitting on my desk that is smaller than an index card um it's just too easy to throw stuff around and to label things and paint things without doing the work to try and understand the meaning and the concepts and the context behind it Mm-hmm. Um, I also yeah. like what you said, though, Chris. It's it's that everybody's the expert now. When they might understand one or a few things about a a big topic, and that doesn't mean that they fully understand or could explain and teach someone else the depth of that topic. So it's, it is, it's catchy and it's easy and we all fall victim to that, right? We all use phrases oh, yeah. that like we might not understand. We, that's the same thing with colloquialism. We, we say things and we don't know where they came from. And then you find out like in your late thirties that like shit you've been saying your whole life is incredibly racist yeah. and you're like well fuck I didn't even know yeah. because we didn't know where the phrase came from so it's it's the same thing and I do agree like social media just exacerbates any problem mm-hmm. <laughs> any and all problems because it's limited and it's, and it's limited it, and, you know, and incredible it, and it's so easy to get instant visceral feedback. Yes. Yeah. Right. On both to, sides of the aisle. On, on, it, on every single topic, it is so easy to go out and find the crowd that mm-hmm. will give you the accolades and the recognition and the vindication and the validation. And also the people to fight with you. And yeah. I think some people who are on, who are on there are looking for the fight. You know people who like to pick fights. They just have oh, another yeah. platform to do it from now. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, hmm. I mean, it it's... Uh, so I don't think... I don't think the phrase is non-existent like I don't think we could call it something else 
and it would still they're like there's no denying that some behaviors are not beneficial for the person doing them or any recipients of the behavior right like isn't that isn't that what we're talking about Mm. like don't label uh yeah So I don't know that I, I mean, that's just the phrase we're using. We could change the phrase. Uh, shithead? The definition, yeah. The definition <laughs> remains the same. <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're going to start a movement, you know, let's... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the problem I mean... is you're not going to get me on board with labeling people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can try. We can label the behaviors. Yes. We can label the behaviors. Yes. Yes. That is a shithead behavior. (laughs) Yeah. See. Yeah. So I think you know with our kids. I don't know if your parents said this to you. I remember my my dad making me once. Uh, insult to me one time. And it was it, like he called me some name, right? Or, or, or according to him, he didn't call me that name. He said that my behavior was if I was acting like a bitch. Oh. My dad was not afraid to say that word in front of me or use it to me. And so he would say like, you know, I'm not calling you a bitch, but your behavior is really bitchy right now. <laughs> so it's subtle. And it's almost more offensive in that case to not be called the actual word, but to say that the behavior is the word. Yeah. It's, um, I remember I saw a, uh, I was watching a video and the speaker was talking, like there was something that he said that just resonated with me, which was, if you think about back to our childhood, especially as boys, if we think about, the most offensive thing that you could be called as a little boy is being called a girl. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what does that say mm. right, about the way society brings up boys into adolescents, into men, right? Mm-hmm. Into adults. That's um, like the worst thing that you could be called is being called a girl. You know, that was back in the 80s, right? maybe maybe now it's like being called gay or, you know, something similar, right? Um, but it's, it's, one, it's calling you out for not exhibiting boy-man behavior mm-hmm. and traits. And two, to the point where it's so you are so bad and so awful at living up to that expectation, I'm going to call you the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and like that stuff like sticks. So when you say things like you're a little bitch, right? And if I had a penny for every time I called someone a bitch, <laughs> I would be, I would be present, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd be able to afford to buy buy off all the skeletons in my closet. You know what I mean? Um, 
so it's like even now, like, and, and that still happens now, right? So it's mm-hmm. like even now, like that work is like thinking about like how does this stuff creep out? How does this stuff just like ooze out where you don't even realize it's happening? Right? Mm. If I'm like in a disagreement with someone, I'm like, oh, you're such a bitch, or you know, quit being a bitch, or you know, whatever. Like, oh, am I just reinforcing that? Like, what am I doing? Is it, is that behavior the same as like, like physical violence against, you know, a woman? Mm. I don't know. But it's on the same path, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It sticks the same. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. It's any time you're, you're, mm, there's a power difference, right? And yeah, because like as a man, asserting I'm supposed power. to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If something is threatening my power, my stature, my position, then I'm supposed to be territorial and dominant and aggressive to defend it. I'm going to need to shake this off before we get off the call. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just brought up a whole bunch of stuff from my adolescence and my childhood mm-hmm. that I didn't know we were going to get into tonight. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. A little like a little breathing, right? A little hand over the heart, hand on. Oh, man. You're funny, Chris. I'm just going to dive into this fantasy novel series that I'm reading. I'm on book four. So it just came out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pretend like this never happened. I'll just go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's my trick. That's my trick. I'm I'm not at all, by the way, I'm not at all like replaying like conversations and interactions with my father, with my grandfathers. Like, like, oh no, like. I've had some shit coming up, so it's all right. You did, you did a better job than I did at hiding all that. <laughs> that's because I'm trained to. It's encoded in my, in, at a cellular level. <laughs> the first rule of Fight Club, you don't talk so, about Fight like, Club. Yeah. First rule about emotions is you don't talk about them. They don't exist. Yeah. It's a null conversation. Um so I would say like one of the greatest things I think that I ever did, which um, I would say one saved my marriage and probably saved me to some point, uh, some degree was like definitely going to therapy, um, which I don't talk a whole lot about. Um, so like, you know, 25, 26, yeah. probably 26. Um, yeah. Went to therapy for, I don't know, six months. One of the greatest things I ever did. I have the benefit of having one of my absolute best friends be a therapist. So I feel like every single time I talk to her, I'm getting a mini session. <laughs> Whether she, and not because I'm like abusing, abusing her profession and, and our relationship, but like she just naturally does it anyway. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't mind <laughs> that she, that she, uh, sneaks that into our conversation and i think what also helped and this was not by design this was by fluke 
um, was my therapist was also male. Um, mm. And, you know, I don't recall any, like, specific conversations around, you know, male identity or anything like that. It was just more like, why are you making all, like, these really dangerous, life-threatening decisions? (laughs) Maybe don't do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's really what those conversations were. Uh, But I think it helped to be able to just talk to another guy. Because that I I do purposefully by design choose to work with females. My any provider that I have is is a female. So I get it. There's there's um almost like a like a code right like um like a, a knowing and understanding. I think it's just closer to that lived experience, right? Like it's right. more relatable. Um, yeah. And I also have the benefit of, uh, you know, a couple of friends that I feel like it's like a couple of male friends who I feel like it's a little safer. I feel safer being a little more vulnerable with them. Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk case. about this. Thank you for bringing that up. Sure. It, it, is, it is more common for, for males to not have other male friends as they get further into their life. Close male friends. Any friends. Especially oh, male friends. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, because to the point of like higher, like higher suicide rates. Yes. Yeah. Higher suicide rates, higher emotional health issues, uh, mental health issues. Yep. Um, Yeah, it's it's a very small number. Very small number. Um, Yeah. Like two. Yeah, and I see that in. (laughs) In my house, Yoshi has, I don't know, four friends, one, one that he's close enough to talk to about stuff, and me. And I'm not, that's not like a sob story, but like, he's a, he's a great guy. People like him. People want to talk to him. They want to also listen to him. Like, he has friends. He has plenty of, of acquaintances and people he works with and um, but close, intimate relationships is, is you know, I can count them on one hand. And I only yeah, know I have, one um, of them in person. Yeah, and it's, it's that- funny because I, I, I know I have, I have a couple of, I, 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 have a, I have a pretty nice safety net, like, around me. I think a male friend, too. Um, Sometimes I think about like on on the South Portland. Uh, this is gonna be a weird tangent, but on the South Portland bus line, uh, <laughs> there's uh, you know they have like the, the advertisements, of, you know the random advertisements, and yeah. uh, one of them is like an anti-drinking one, like for teens, and it's like, are you making friends or drinking buddies? Um, <laughs> and like that always sticks with me when I like kind of look around and survey the field of my support network. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like a, a couple of my, like my, in my inner, inner, innermost circle, um, I find that I, I could be as open and vulnerable and share whatever. Like I could open up Pandora's box. I could take that box off the shelf and go dig out the key. You could call them crying. And, yeah. And they would be totally fine, supportive, and wouldn't be like in fix it mode, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing stopping me like ever from doing that is just me and my own hangout. Um, and not allowing myself to go there. Mm-hmm. And that is a direct product of my upbringing and the upbringing of my parents. And and, and right, and what you were told was the expectation of how you're supposed to deal with feelings and emotions. Yeah, and it's funny because like I don't even think it was like explicitly spoken about. No. It was just it was it was observed, right? Yes. It was observed. Yes. Yeah. Lehman, yeah. you're awfully quiet. You two are talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been talking a long time. Yeah. You know. Um yeah, no, I mean right. Yeah. Want to add anything? Um, no, no, I'm good. I think. I mean, <laughs> I'm right, and you guys disagree with me. I think we we came to that conclusion. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I I do feel this was a very productive podcast. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Way to I, be, Chris. Yeah. Um, Way to bring it. You know, and I'm just I'm just saying this. To do your own podcast is not difficult. Um, I feel, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Linz? Don't you think Chris should kind of have his own podcast? You mean with his soothing, sultry voice? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> and, you know, I, I kind of feel. definitely belongs on NPR. <laughs> 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 Which would give me the benefit of listening to your voice every morning. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell school. you what you can, why, why don't you just call me on your way into work <laughs> and I will, I will read you the Twitter feed from the main CDC. Oh, um, this is perfect. Please don't. And we'll just be like having report. your own then. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Don't. The hyper local, hyper local weather report, <laughs> the main CDC like, update. I'd be like, uh, this is Chris Byrne standing on my porch looking up the street. I can see to the other end of the street, so therefore it is not. Uh, <laughs> You'll be like, oh, I think I just saw Lindsay's car. I'd be like, and there's Lindsay <laughs> driving right back. <laughs> this is your traffic Every time I drive past your street, <laughs> I like look down lovingly, and I'm like, I should just stop. Please don't. Please don't give her the numbers. That's the only thing I ask. What? Don't 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 give her the CDC numbers. <laughs> it's scary AF. Yeah, we're not going to go there. We've had a great podcast. We're yes, back yes. That that's my okay. only request. Right. No numbers. I'll pump the brakes on that. Thank you. I'll wrap this up for us then. Alrighty. And that's all for now. We'd love to continue the conversation with you at lehmanandlins at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at Opine Nation. 
Join us next week when we opine about another tough and humorous life topic. <laughs>